Welcome to the First Stand Football Show. I am your host, Tobias Brown. And folks, we are back with another 2023 NFL Draft Prospect interview. I know it's crazy, guys, but we're going back to Central Connecticut State University. Never really thought we'd go back there, but I mean, hey, they are pumping out the draft prospects this year. And we're joined today by linebacker Chiz Umanakwe. Chiz, how are we doing today, man? I'm doing awesome, man. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm blessed to be here. I am super pumped to have you on. You have an incredible story and really an incredible talent. And I'm just excited to dive all into it, man. So I want to start with coming out of high school for you. You know, everybody's recruiting journey was a little bit different. So can you tell me what was the recruiting process like for you coming out of high school? Man, I'll be honest. The recruiting process for me was, it was quite a roller coaster, if I'm being honest with you, because, um, and for me, like my mindset Honestly, didn't even know about Division One until my senior year, my senior year of high school, when all the kids were just talking about D one, D one, D one, and my whole thing because I'm Nigerian, I come from a you know African background. My parents they just <clears throat> we immigrated to this country back in 2008, so or no 2006. So my whole thing was I just had to try and and get a free college education, no matter which way I could get it. And I saw football, you know, what I'm saying as a means of opening doors for me. So my mindset was try and get a free college education. So coming out of high school, I was willing to, I had um, I had gotten offered by uh, St. Lawrence University. St. Lawrence is like a D3 school all the way up north, like right on the border border of Canada. And they don't offer, D3 doesn't offer academic, um, athletic scholarship, they offer academics. So they were gonna do this thing through New York State to give me a HEOP. Basically they're gonna pay for everything and I was gonna go for free and I was like, hey, that's that's exactly what I'm I was looking for, you know. So I was willing to I applied, I got interviewed, and when something happened and it, it just didn't fall through because it was a really prestigious academic school and I was coming from an inner 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 city Bronx. I was coming from a, a school in the inner in, in the Bronx and it just didn't fall through. I kind of took it as as a sign like God was telling me like I was settling, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I could I could go bigger and I could go greater. So once once I once that didn't go through my coach and shout out to him, my, my high school coach. I've never seen somebody push, uh, put, cause I was the first kid, uh, I was the first uh, student athlete that he sent division one. And the way this man like got on the phone, got on emails, just calling any and everybody. Cause this was, the, I, I believe that was his first season as a head coach also. So he did every, cause he knew the talent that I had and he knew I was a diamond in the rough. So he just kept pushing, uh, trying to do everything he could to just try and get my film out there and just try and get coaches coaches to just come see me because even I had a I had a pretty decent film but it didn't do them justice until they came and they saw me in person like I remember we had a I had a UConn coach come at one point and he literally told me like dude you look like you look like half of the players that we have right now and this is me like a senior in high school you know what I'm saying? So he's like, dude, we just got to get you in front of these coaches. Like once they see you and you talk to them and they see the type of person you are, like, you know what I'm saying? They're, they're, you're going to get a shot somewhere. So I visited a couple of division twos and I, I think I went to Pace, East Strasburg, you know, a, a bunch of division twos, but it's just something just never felt right. I, I, I can't tell you what it was. It just never felt right. I was like, dude, I know I can go bigger than this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, like I just I just had that gut feeling like, dude, I know I can go bigger than this. And then um that's when uh Towson University came in the mix, um, as well as UConn. But 
they were uh, they were offering they were basically saying to have do I know about a, a prep year to do a postgrad year and I didn't know anything about reclassifying or prep you know what I'm saying I was just like I mean you know if if <clears throat> if they're willing if they're willing to you know scholarship me and it, it's if it's a right place right situation type of deal you know what I'm saying I'm all for it you know get an extra year of football get to a posh because I, I started playing football my sophomore year of high school you know what I'm saying so I, I didn't get to play the pop warner as as everybody else did so me uh playing my sophomore year, I was a late bloomer. I didn't really have a breakout year to my senior year. And once I got to to uh to the prep school, oof, I had a uh <laughs> just I I'd say just go go watch that that highlight yourself on hold. I went to a Trinity Pauling uh prep school and I had a I had a, an amazing time there honestly. It was an all boys Episcopal school and when I say like it helped me grow as a man and as an individual, the friends and family and the brotherhood camaraderie that I learned just from my one year of being there, it was it was an amazing experience. So I was able to um get a scholarship into that school. I graduated there, literally um top of the class in terms of uh athletics. Like I had this whole plaque, they put my name on it, like only one player, uh uh one student athlete gets it out every year, like a sportsmanship award and they have my name on the plaque. And it was it was it was huge. It was it was a blessing for me. So and after that I had Towson that recruited me through the journey. So from there on I went off uh to play to commit to football at for Towson University. You know, you talked about beginning to play football your sophomore year of high school and you know you talked about, you know, being, you know, from a family of immigrants and coming to the country in the you know mid two thousands. So that you know when did you come to start watching the game of football? And was there a guy that you, you know, idolized growing up? I know you said you're from the Bronx. So if you tell me you're a Giants fan, I'm going to get very upset because I have some hatred for the Giants as a Patriots fan. Well, I'll tell you, I'm a, I'm a Ravens fan. Uh, just cause I was at, uh, when I was at Towson, everyone always compared me to Lamar Jackson and they say, that's my twin. Even to this day, everywhere I go, people mistake me for Lamar Jackson. I'm like, dude, he's like 6'3". Like, I'm a, I'm a 6'1", uh, 225 linebacker. Like, Lamar's not this big, you know what I'm saying? But that's the comparison I always get. But, um, yeah, growing up, I'll be honest, I, I did not watch any football. I was a soccer player growing up. Like, yes, I'm, I'm Nigerian, so that's what I grew up playing. I grew up playing soccer. Even when I came to this country, I was kind of playing for an outside league um soccer team. And I was really nice to the point where they wanted me to travel with them. Like, they was like, yo, you're they was like you're really good for for this league like we want you to travel with us and play other leagues because you know so you're good enough but it was too expensive and at the time my dad he was he was a taxi driver so he wasn't making that much money and he couldn't afford it so once I got to middle school I ended up <clears throat> trying out for for the basketball team because that was what was popular here so I tried out sixth grade I didn't make the team tried out seventh grade I didn't make the team eighth grade year when I tried out, that's when I finally made the team. And I remember like in the playoffs in our, uh, I, we ended up going to uh, the the playoffs, I think for the first time in our middle school. And I ended up having like 28 points in, in that game. And I, I was just so excited. I thought I was going to go to the NBA <laughs> coming out of middle school thinking I was just like, that was just the best thing ever. Cause the thing with me is like, um, I love athletics and then, I always wanted to, you know what I'm saying, make my make my uh my dad specifically proud, you know what I'm saying? I, <clears throat> obviously I want to make my family and my mom proud as well. But my dad, you know, he was always he was always hard on me for the right reason. He just wanted to bring out the best in me, you know what I'm saying? So I I <clears throat> I did decent enough. Like I I would say I was like a B plus average student and in an African household, they want nothing but A plus. So I knew like 
academically wasn't going to be the route to really catch his attention and make him as proud as I wanted him to. So that's when, you know, every time he see me play play soccer and, you know, all the parents would come up to him like, yo, your son is really nice, da 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 You know, I noticed that's like he'd be proud of me, you know, through those accomplishments. So I was like, man, I got to find – I was like, I got to figure this sport thing out. Like, you know, whether it be bas- uh, soccer or basketball, you know, I'm going to make you proud either way. So when I get to when I get to high school, um, I started playing. I made the basketball team for Truman, but I ended up kind of like sitting the bench for, for the season. Like I'll get into, I'll play like two minutes, two minutes a quarter. And it kind of took the love I have, I have for the sports. You know, uh, it, took, it took away the love that I have for the sports. And I eventually, uh, the kids around me were like, yo, you should play football. Like, you have, you're strong, you're fast, and you play basketball like a football player. So I was like, yo, I've never really played football, but, hey, I'd give it a try. So my sophomore year came, and <clears throat> I was I was transferring schools. I went to um, uh, John F. Kennedy in uh, Riverdale, which is another school in the Bronx. And they have... So within within the JFK campus, they have like eight different schools. And I went to a school on the first and second floor, uh, advanced math and science, AMS, new visions. So they have this summer summer bridge program where they um you basically go to the school in the summertime. So you could like kind of like meet some of the classmates, you know, saying see how the school is, and you basically get a month of getting acquainted into the school before the school year actually starts. And we had a school trip where we went to go see this movie called When the Game Stands Tall. And it was a football movie. I, I, are you familiar with it? I'm very familiar with it. It's a good movie. Dude, that was that was literally the movie that made me start it, that made me want to play football. Like, I saw, I was in the movie theaters and I saw, like, uh, this one play where the quarterback threw the ball and um the team, the, the, the team that the movie was about, he caught an interception out of bounds and threw it inbounds, and his man's caught it and ran it back for a touchdown. I was like, yo, football looks like the funnest thing ever. Like, I'm like, why have I not been playing uh, this sport, you know what I'm saying, my whole life? So after that movie, I literally came back, and I I, um, I asked, like, uh, there was – because there was a, a somebody on the football team that was – um, he was he was on – he was he was at the summer bridge with us. So I asked him, I said, hey, do you know where the football coach is? Like, you know, I want to talk to him about playing football. I said, yeah, sure, I got you. So I go talk to the to the JV coach. He brings me out to the football field. He tells me to chuck the ball as far as I can. I throw it about 55 yards. He goes, run as fast as you can to go pick it up. I run as fast as I can, pick it up, and come back. And he literally calls me an African gazelle and says, I think we have a, our new quarterback. So that was like my first – that was my that was the my first title position for football was quarterback. But after after my first practice, he was like, "Yeah, we're gonna move move you to slot because I was throwing the ball like a baseball. I had no quarterback mechanics. That was my first time ever playing the sport, and you know, I just <clears throat> that, that that's really how it started was was through that process, honestly. <laughs> you know, coming from Nigeria, immigrating and going to a school in the Bronx, there had to be some culture shocks there. Was there a moment that maybe stands out the most as like, wow, these two cultures are like completely different." Um, that's a, that's a great question. Honestly, it was more so, um, like the, the lack of understanding that a lot of these kids have for, um, you know, for Africa and, uh, kids from Africa, if that makes sense, because, and I don't blame them because now that I'm older, I kind of noticed the type of cartoons and what was shown on TV about Africa to portray a certain way. So I couldn't blame them for thinking what they thought, you know what I'm saying? Like thinking they would think like, 
I remember I, I would like kind of make up stories and tell them like, yeah, I live in a hut. I was born on a leaf. I, I was like, I had a pet lion. I had a pet hyena. And whatever I told them, they would just believe me just because they didn't know any better. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was it was definitely um I'm a different, a, a whole different culture shock. And like, like I remember at recess uh, in the Bronx, they used to get light, which is like, they would kind of get in a circle and they would like clap and start dancing. And I was like, yo, what's that? <laughs> and it was just, that was just kind of like a, a form of hip hop. And you know what I'm saying? And just the way that they express themselves during recess was just, you know, dancing and stuff like that. But it took me a while to, not too long, but it did take me a while to get acquainted to the the whole different culture and a little bit of bullying when I was when I was when I was when I first came to this country. You know, I had to definitely had to defend myself. But all that did was kind of just make me um how do I say it? Make me appreciate the person I am now because I've never been a bully. I would always been the one to defend somebody getting bullied because when I was younger and I first came to this country. I know what that was like. So as I got older and I got bigger, stronger, you know, people be like, dude, like I, I hear this all the time, like, dude, if I was as big and strong as you, man, I'll be running this school, da, 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 da. But I'm like, that's not me. You know what I'm saying? There's even when I was a star on a football team, you know what I'm saying? I I never picked on picked on other kids, you know what I'm saying? Cause I know what that's like. So I always be one to like, you know, if you if you need if you need somebody to talk to, or you know, I, I always try to up up uplift people instead of putting them down, if that makes sense. So, you know, we talked about you're coming out as a draft prospect from Central Connecticut State, but that's not where the career started. It started at Towson. So, you know, take me through your time at Towson. You know, what what was your experience like there overall? Overall, I honestly had a great experience at Towson. Uh, like fresh, my freshman, my freshman year was probably like, dude, it was it was the, it was the best time of my life, my freshman year, um, because like I was living a dream. Like my mindset, especially after the year I had coming out of Trinity Polling, like I tell you not, after this, I, I suggest watching my, my highlight tape from Trinity Polling. Like people watching like, dude, how did you not go to Alabama how to, with the with the kind of tape you had? Just cause, you know, like I was just I was just so raw. Like I was just a raw athlete. Like I played I played running back, um outside linebacker and a little bit of safety um at the school, rushed for over a thousand yards. Um had a bunch of sacks, TFLs, like literally every every team that played against me, like, dude, you're a beast, you know what I'm saying? And I was just real humble about it just because, you know, I knew like that was what they saw, but they didn't see the the hours of hard work that I put in to get to that, you know, to get to that moment right there of, you know, everything unveiling. So I would always just be real humble about it, like, yo, thank you, you know what I'm saying? I still got some more uh, uh, work to be done. But so when I got to, when I got to Towson my freshman year, Dude, I was probably like one of the cockiest little freshmen you could find. <laughs> Just off the fact that um, coming from uh, uh, the Bronx to Trinity Pauling to Towson, like I heard a lot of kids talk about D1 this, D1 that, you know what I'm saying? Like they all they did was, you know, talk about how they were going to, you know what I'm saying, go there and not to put anybody down. But my thing was I never really talked about it. I just put the work in and I made it here. So I was just extremely proud of myself and extremely, you know what I'm saying, just excited that out of everybody that I kind of came through the process with, even kids that started at a peewee, you know what I'm saying, playing football their whole lives. I just started my sophomore year, senior year, post-grad, um, playing Division One at Towson University, you know what I'm saying, the top um, FCS and the CAA, you know what I'm saying, conference, like, with, you know what I'm saying, good, like, I made it, you know what I'm saying, like, I was like, what, like... <laughs> 
obviously I didn't know what the journey had in store store for me, but my mindset was like, yo, I've made it. Like nothing could go like this is like this is it. And I told myself, I like, dude, you made the one. Like you have to go. I'm like, you have to go to the NFL now. Like, what's what's stopping you? You know what I'm saying? Like you're literally one step away from achieving all your dreams. You know what I'm saying? So you you got to keep going. And that was just my mindset. Uh freshman year and i'll be honest some of the seniors on the team did not like that at all <laughs> they, they didn't like that at all because they were like yo who is this uh who's this little um and, and it's funny one of my one of my my good mans uh his name is john lambert to this day he was like yo when i first saw you running running wind sprints i was they said his name is chiz he said, oh, yeah, his name is Chiz because he's chiseled, right? They said, no, his name is actually Chiz. But he thought, like, they called me Chiz because I was so chiseled. <laughs> and they was like, no, his name is actually Chiz. He was just like, dude, you just, he was like, I just look different from <clears throat> different from everybody else. And and me and him, to this day, we're still uh, good friends. But, you know, I came in with a lot of confidence. I was coming off a of track season, and I remember, like, being, like, one of the fastest dudes on the defense. And I just knew how athletic I was. So it was just more so, like, I was just overconfident. You know what I'm saying? I was overconfident. Um, I, I talked a lot of shit and I, I backed it up, rightfully so. I backed it up. But when the season started and I wasn't on that starting defense or second string defense, it did humble me. Like I played as a freshman, I played all special teams, but that experience really did humble me where I wasn't as a freshman, I didn't get in my playbook that much. You know, so I just kind of thought like I'll just go out there and just be an athletic freak and just make plays which for the most part I did, but nine times out of 10, I would go the wrong way. And because I was just so athletic, I'll be able to redirect and still make a play. But at the collegiate level, you have to know what you're doing when you're out there and you only get two to three reps, you know what I'm saying? When, when you step on that field. So you have to take advantage of it. So that was what my, uh, that was what my freshman year uh, taught me. And I remember after, <clears throat> after my first uh, season, we would have um, the end of the year evaluation with the head coach. Um, and at the time that I coached, there was a coach, Rob, Rob Ambrose, and he he sat me down and he told me, he said, like, because <clears throat> my freshman year, I came in a buck, a buck 90. At middle linebacker, <laughs> you can't play middle linebacker at a buck 90. But I ended up finishing the season at around 210, 215. So I was able to put some weight on fast, like ridiculously fast. And for me also, one thing I was scared of, and this is where I didn't know, like, how solid my genetics were was the fact, like, I kind of saw the other linebackers and I knew, like, they weren't, they didn't look like me and, like, they weren't built like me. And I'm not saying this, you know, to um, downgrade their their skills or, you know what I'm saying, say anything bad about them. It was just so, I was just, like, I was just super lean, just super cut up, you know? And I was, like, I don't want to gain weight and kind of get, uh, get like, too thick and not be able to move how I want to move because I'm, like, at the next level, speed is the name of the game. So as I kept gaining weight, I was noticing like I was jumping higher, running faster and just putting on the lead muscle. And I credit that to the to the strength conditioning program at Towson, where they, they did a, a good job to, you know, uh, maximize just every everything and just, you know, you know, um, just build me to the, to, to the athlete that I was. So I was getting bigger, stronger, faster. And it was it was surprising even myself because I was like, yeah. You know, I, like I was just real hard headed. The strength and conditioning coach just talked to me, and at the time, I was a vegetarian. I was like, dude, I'm not trying to gain weight. I was like, I don't want to look like the rest of these linebackers. Like, I would have my six pack and, you know, look how I looked to stand a third. And he was just like, dude, you're not going to play at this league at 200 pounds. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, we need you at 225, 230 pounds if you're going to be able to take on these guards, linemen, and tack on tackle. So, 
as I was putting on the weight, I was moving faster, stronger, jumping higher. And it was just like, that was what made me a believer. I was like, all right, so I'm able to put on this weight and still run and move the way I move and even better at that, you know? So I had the end of the year evaluation with the coach and he, he literally told me, he said like, I don't see this. And this was me as a freshman. He was like, I don't say this very often to guys, but you have all the, like on paper, he said, you have all the numbers like to play at the next level. He was like, you know what I'm saying? You can run, you can hit, you're very, you play the game at a high motor. And you know what I'm saying? You're very motivated. Like that's never been an issue. He goes, your only, <clears throat> your only problem is your football IQ. You know what I'm saying? He goes, you need to, you need to learn how to understand the game so the game can slow down. So when you're out there, you know what I'm saying? You can, your, your, um, your IQ can complement your athletic ability because he's like, you can have all the athletics in the world, all the athletics in the world, but if you're not able to, you know what I'm saying, know what you're doing when you're out there, that's going to limit you. You know what I'm saying? So I kind of took that personal, like, all right, that's something I need to work on if in order for me to, um, you know what I'm saying, take my game to the next level. And I, I just want to see if you want to say something because you, you seem like you, you wanted to say something. Oh, no, no. I'm, I'm amazed because, I mean, it's one of those things, you know, that guys don't think about. Everybody is usually the best in high school. Like when we're playing in high school, to get to that D1 level, you're usually the best at your high school. Oh, yeah, for sure. You get to Towson and you're quickly finding out like, hey, I might be the best athlete, but these guys know this game better. And oh, yeah. That's the difference maker. So heading into that sophomore year, you know, you, you know where you're, you know, struggling at, where the disadvantage is at. So where did the switch flip going into that sophomore year? And I'm glad you asked that. So going into my sophomore year, literally the, the um, and it wasn't even sophomore year, it was more so that that spring, spring football. So after the fall, you had spring football. And I was just so excited because now um, we had a whole new defensive coordinator come in, right? Uh, Eric Daniels, he was a, he was a grad from uh, Baylor University and he played linebacker. So I had a position coach who played linebacker at a high level and he came in with a whole different playbook that I fell in love with because I never really got the, the first playbook down. We ran, the first play was, a, we ran a, a, a three, four, no, we ran a four, three defense with a Sam, a Mike and a, a weak side linebacker. And then we had like a, a four down lineman. When the, the new uh, defensive coordinator came in, we switched it to a three, four. So then we had a Sam, we had a Mike, we had a, no, we had a Sam, we had a buck, we had a Mike, and then we had a, a a will who was sometimes playing space and sometimes come down to, to a four down in a, in a sense, but, but we, we were basically a three, four with a four linebacks on the field. And his thing was uh, solve your aggression. Uh, what was it? Solve your problems with aggression. So he loved blitzing. He loved fire zones. He loved man coverage. And me personally, I love blitzing because you don't have to think about anything. You just got to see your gap and just go and just make a mess. And that's, that's what, made me love football, especially at the at the middle linebacker position. Because when I came in as a freshman, it was just like, you're telling me I got to read the guard tackle. I got to read the guard tackle center. I got to read flow. I got to do this. I got to spill guards. I got to – it was just so much. And my eyes would just automatically go into the backfield and just trying to find where the ball is and trying to make play. And obviously the goal of the offense is for you to do that so they can, like, you know what I'm saying, play with your eyes. So it, it wasn't <clears throat> until I, I – I, I basically, like, this time around in the spring, I got in my playbook. Like, you know what I'm saying? I took the time to really make sure because I was like, yo, you actually have a chance to play. You know what I'm saying? Like, you've got your weight up. You know what I'm saying? Um, some of the 
some of the linebackers they had graduated, you know, even though they brought in some transfers, I'm like, that's okay. Like I'm going to earn, I'm going to work my ass up and earn my spot. So I had a great spring. Like it was literally like night and day. Um, I had like, I was enjoying, you, you, you could just see the improvements because I got in my playbook and because I, I enjoyed the, the new, the new installs that were put in. And it was just a lot more blitzing, a lot more man coverage. So, you know what I'm saying? For me, that defense was just easier for me to pick up and, I was able to have a, a great spring. Same thing uh, during football camp. I remember I was about – that's when – and during that spring, I probably went from 210 to, like, 225. And I'll be honest, dude, I was huge, like, to the point where, <laughs> like, um, the strength conditioning coach, when recruits would come, he would, like, have my pictures all over and use me as a talking point. Like, yeah, this is how he came in, and this is how he is now, and that will be you. You know what I'm saying? That was basically <laughs> – like my academic advice, she told me, she said, have you been to the weight room recently? Like, you got to see uh, what Coach Lima has. Like, <laughs> the recruits are coming in, and he just, like, has his pictures up. Like, this could be you, if you, you know what I'm saying, when you, when you come. Because he did transform my body. Like, I saw the difference from when I came in at 195 to when I was at 225. Like, I, I literally looked ridiculous. And I remember I posted it on, on Instagram, and I had some trolls. They screenshotted it and reposted it. And it's like, oh, this is what Towson is doing to their players. They're uh, pumping them with steroids or something like that. I was like, whoa that's crazy like that that was the first but I'm like hey if you don't have some haters then you're probably not doing something right so you know I transferred my body but also mentally I was more understanding and more able to learn the game and you know what I'm saying have the game slow down to and it wasn't even like I was nowhere near where I am right now it was just more so I understood the playbook you know what I'm saying so that that was that was the biggest improvement that I went from from freshman was I I she got in my playbook and understood what I was doing when I got on the field. So, you know, like we talked about, you end up going to Central Connecticut State, but Towson did so much for you. So I have to ask you, what went into the decision to ultimately leave Towson and transfer? You know, it, it, those are never easy decisions, and oftentimes they're met with a lot of, you know, just tough times. So what what went into that decision to ultimately leave Towson? So um, ultimately, that 2019 season, um, I really, I really thought um, that was gonna be like my breakout year. You know what I'm saying? I thought like I was gonna be a starter. Um, you know, I, I had, I had put a lot of hopes into um, that season, and I was basically 12th man off the bench. Um, my guy Zeke uh, Christian Dixon, he was a dog too. He was a redshirt, he was a redshirt sophomore linebacker and I was a true sophomore linebacker so they had moved him from the buck uh the the strong uh the strong the strong side linebacker and put him as first string when our first string from Oklahoma went down so they put him put him in front of me so I kind of thought it'd be like a one two type of rotation thing but when he got on the field he was making plays like I kid you not he's about 5'11 uh 220 pounds you see him and you you can't even tell like how athletic he is because me I'm like all chiseled up six pack you know what I'm saying look like strong and he was you know a little bit shorter um he <clears throat> he was a little bit thicker so but you wouldn't tell how athletic he is until you see him run around on the field like that his instincts were probably one of the best instincts I've seen in person as a linebacker you know what I'm saying so when he got on the field he was making plays so I couldn't even be mad but I just I just really wanted to uh, get more minutes, see if we could be, be a, a one two, a type of type of combo type deal. So you know 
that was kind of how the, the season went, was me being 12th man off the bench. I remember for, like, a non-starter, I had the most tackles on the team for a non-starter. Like, freshman year, I played all special teams. Sophomore year, I still played all special teams. And I was um, right behind uh, Christian Dixon as, you know, we both uh, shared some playing time. So um, I remember um, my junior year, uh, junior year was, I was just super excited, super excited to, to, to you know what I'm saying, make a name for myself, have a breakout year and COVID happens, you know what I'm saying? So once COVID happened, I kid you not, like it was kind of like, um having your 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 dreams like just taken away from you because I just had so much hopes for that season and I just knew what I was gonna uh, be able to do and even um coming back to thousand I remember uh, I, I requested to play outside linebacker because that was what I was more comfortable at like I didn't really like having to read a guard tackle that I was more comfortable like in high school I played defensive and outside linebacker um and I was dominant. Like there was no, there was no tackle that could get the hands on me. Me coming off the edge, you know. So they they were transitioning me to to play um, the wheel linebacker, which I was super excited for. And then COVID happens. Oh, and one thing I didn't even mention was in 2019, in that spring, in that spring season, I had lost my father in 2019 because he, um, since senior, since my post grad year at Trinity Pauling, he's been in the hospital uh, battling cancer, stage four cancer lymphoma. And he had passed away in the spring of 2019, you know, just as I was uh, getting getting my career started. And as I mentioned before, literally everything I was doing was to make him proud. You know what I'm saying? So it was it was a hard blow for me because I was like, I was like, um, you know, I made it this far, you know, I'm finally able to make you proud and you know, he wasn't he wasn't there to fully see the fruits of of his labor, if, if that makes sense. So that was a big a big blow for me. And I do appreciate um the Towson staff and family for supporting me the way they did, because I kind of was just like, you know, I can't just sit here. And my thing was I never when I would go through stuff, I never really addressed them. I, people ask me, are you OK? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. You know, what I'm saying like, give me a day or two and I'm fine. I'll just push it in the back burner. Cause I got to keep going. Cause my mind says like, you know, nobody's going to feel sorry for you. Nobody's going to do anything for you. You know, so you got to keep going. So I kind of just kept, you know, pushing, pushing everything uh, to behind me. So once COVID happened and, um, and it started to, to detour again, but during when my, um, right before my dad had passed away, like literally the day before he passed away, um, it was on a weekend my mom she had called me she said you know the cancer getting really bad we need you to come home uh she, she was calling me and all my little brothers the whole family she said we need everybody to come home so we could like you know say a, a final prayer she said obviously we're not expecting him to leave but it's gone that bad that we don't know what's gonna happen so let's at least prepare you know saying hope for the best but prepare for the worst so we came home went to the hospital and like literally I was in shock because I was like, that's not the man that raised me. And it's crazy what cancer can do to a person. Like the whole side of his face was paralyzed. You know, he looked about 20 years older than what he was. And it was just, it was, it was, it was a, it was hard to, to, to see my, my father like that, but I also saw how hard he was fighting. You know what I'm saying? And I could tell how hard he was fighting. And I knew why he was fighting because he had five kids and a wife that he did not want to leave, you know? So we, we came around, we all spoke to him. And I remember when he came 
when it came for me to talk to him, I grabbed his hand and I said, look, you know, like, I, I understand how hard you're fighting, but if it's, if it's your time, then, you know what I'm saying, we understand, like, nobody faults you for, you know what I'm saying, what, for what's going on, but just understand, like, I made him a promise, I said, I'm going to make sure the family is okay, like, I'm going to do everything in my power to, you know, be successful and do whatever I have to do, any means to make sure, you know, the family is okay, like, I'm going to take care of my little brothers, I'm going to take care of mom, like, and this is me, like, uh, the spring of my freshman year of college, you know what I'm saying? Like, this was around May, because he passed away May 13th, so I believe it's like May 11th or May 12th. I'm holding his hand, I'm talking to him, I'm telling him, like, you know, everything is going to be okay. Like, if it's your time, you don't have to fight so hard. Because he was literally in pain. Like, he half his body was paralyzed, and he was still fighting for his life. So I was like, if, it, if, it's, if it's your time, like, it's okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're going to be okay. And that's what I told him. Like, I promised, made a promise to him that I was going to take care of the family. So... Fast forward to COVID, once COVID had happened and the season got taken away, I took that really hard because I was like, man, like how much longer do I have to, um, you know what I'm saying, to wait before I can fulfill that promise? You know, like this is going to be my breakout year. I was going to try and get the attention of, you know, scouts and NFL and, you know what I'm saying, like really get this this process going because I just – like, <clears throat> I always said I came to college to get a degree and everything, but once I realized, like, the NFL was in sights, I was, you know, so I was I was just a madman driven by a goal. So I was just, like, COVID happened. I couldn't play football. And that was – I believe that was my first time, like, not playing the season since I started back in, in, in sophomore year of high school. So I kind of went through an identity crisis where I wasn't sure if all the friends and all the support that I had were they there for me or because I played football. So because I had, I just had so much time to just kind of think about life and just think about everything, I got real hard on myself. And the more I got hard on myself, the more I would tell myself, like, ah, you're being, because coming from an African background, we never talked about mental health. So when I was going through anxiety, depression, I just thought that was just me, um, you know, being soft or me um, kind of just giving, uh, giving up on myself, not really realizing, like, it, it was, it was deep, like, you have issues that you haven't been addressed, that you've kind of been pushing back for so long. And now everything is coming to the forefront and I didn't know how to handle that. So I remember the Towson coaches, they even noticed, they tried to, um, they had me talking to a, a counselor at the time and everything. And, you know, things, things, things were, things were going good. You know, I was, um, I was opening up, you know, saying, trying to tell how I felt, but at the time, because it was kind of forced, like I didn't, I was the one that asked for it. They kind of noticed a change. I was a lot more quiet, you know what I'm saying? I was just kind of a lot to myself. And, you know, COVID, COVID, uh, it was hard for a lot of people, but, you know, I just, I just took it you know, a lot harder. So for the first time, I went through depression and that was a, that was a hard, tra a, a hard transition for me. Um, just going through, through that process. And I really didn't, didn't know. I didn't know what I was going through. I kind of just thought like I was letting everybody around me down because, you know, I had, I was losing the love I had for football. If I'm being honest with you, I would go to practice and I was there physically, but I wasn't there mentally. So, you know, coaches are putting you through drills, screaming at you, telling you da 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 da. And I'm just like, what is going on right now? You know what I'm saying? Like I was showing up, but I wasn't giving it my all. Like I usually, like I usually would. And, my thing is, if you're gonna do something, you better do it at 110. percent You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm I wasn't I wasn't a player. I was just there to wear a jersey. I was trying to compete and be the best at everything I did. So when I noticed myself lacking motivation and not giving it my all, it just it, I was just it being even harder on myself. Like, come on, just push through, push through. And 
it wasn't on some give yourself a break. You know, I just kept trying to um, go even harder. And, you know, eventually you just you just hit a brick wall. And then I feel like that's that's kind of what I did where, you know, I kind of just I thought all hope was lost because I, I uh, felt like I let myself down. So I kind of just had to get away for a little bit. So I remember just getting in my car and just driving down to uh, South for I didn't tell anybody anything because the stuff that I was going through, it was it was more so all in here, but it just felt so real that I was like, dude, if I don't get away, like, you know, this might end up being something worse than what it than what it was. So that was kind of how, um, you know, because of COVID, that was how my uh, gear at Towson ended. So once I got back, um, the the coaches, you know, they really felt for me. Um, they wish they could have done more, but. They still like, you know, you're a great kid. And, you know, if there's anything you need us to do, like we're here for you. So I ended up with, I said, I think I just need a fresh start. You know what I'm saying? After everything that's happened this past year, like, oh, sorry, just give me one second. Uh, my mom's like knocking on the door. She could just pause it. All right, Chiz. So we got you back. Uh, we had to stop because, you know, we know mom comes first. So mom, <laughs> yeah. mom had to call an audible real quick, but we're back. Timeout is over. So, where we were at, man, you were, you, you got back, you got, you took your break, you got back, get back to Towson and you let them know like, Hey, I'm going to go ahead. I, I need a fresh start. I need to go somewhere else. So you land at central Connecticut state. Yeah, That's a school. Like I talked about, we've covered them on this show a couple of times, which is crazy. Um, yeah. It's not the biggest program in the world, but uh, tell, tell us why that was such a blessing for you. Dude, honestly, like God is great. Like I feel like, um, my story is one of those where you hear, um, and God plays a big role in my life. So at the beginning of 2020, um, I noticed myself kind of like changing where I was, um, I didn't, I didn't really like the, the, the person that I was becoming. I was, I was getting real cocky. I was feeling myself. Um, I was going out uh, dreadlocks. Um, I was going into my junior year. I was like, man, after the first two years, this is definitely going to be the year. Like, everything is just going to work itself out. So, you know, I was real cocky. My little brothers, they even said, like, you know, like, you're, you're kind of changing a, a little bit. And reflecting, I didn't like the person that I was becoming. So I felt like God put me through the challenges that I went through for me to be the person that I am right now, if that makes sense. So God really does play a huge, huge part of my life. So me ending up at Central, that was just another blessing, you know what I'm saying, that that was that was just meant to be. So after I came back, um, the head coach, you know, he talked to me, he was real supportive. He's like, you know, it sucks that we have to lose you, but I understand, you know what I'm saying, why you have to do what you have to do, you know what I'm saying, you need a fresh start and I can't stop you. And I do appreciate him for, you know, being um supportive and saying nothing but good things about me to the point where like um when um when I got in touch with the with the coaches at Central, you know, and my case was my case was completely different. Like this is a kid who just went through a whole mental health crisis. Um when I had entered the portal, I had gone I had gone some schools. I had, I had a lot of schools that were talking. I had some D three, some D two, and I believe Central was the only D one that was uh <clears throat> that was willing to invest in me and their whole thing was are you okay you know what I'm saying where are you now and you know I, I told them I said you know <laughs> I went through what I went through uh because like 
I didn't believe in depression. I didn't believe in anxiety. This was things that were foreign to me. This was things that I didn't understand. And I feel like God put me through what I went through so I could be able to relate. And I feel like that's what it that's what it's all about being being a human being on this earth, being able to relate to a bunch of different avenues, being able to relate to a bunch of different people. Because if I never went through what I went through, I would never understand how real mental health is and what that can do to a person. You know what I'm saying? Not being able to have control of your own thoughts, of your own mind, like that's a real thing, you know, but you're not gonna understand it unless you physically go through it yourself, you know? So after I went through it, like I literally came back, I spoke to my mom and shout out to my mom because that's that's my number one support. She literally told me, she said, listen, listen, because I told her everything. She said, you don't have to be the one to, you know what I'm saying, to have to save the family. Like, that's not what I'm looking for. She said, you just being here and just being with me is enough. Like, you've done more than enough. You got a, a full scholarship to college. Like, all I want to see you is just graduate college. Like, can, can you know what I'm saying? She's like, can you, can you make that promise to me that you're going to graduate college and whatever happens from there happens from there? And I was like, yeah, I was like, I can do that. So after, um, talk to, to to the coaches at, at Central, um, they, they they were willing to take a chance on me because they saw like, you know, they, they saw something in me that even at the time I didn't. So they, they took a chance on me. And my mindset going into the school was, dude, just graduate college. You know what I'm saying? I, you made it this far, just make sure you graduate college. Like that's, that's the number one, that's the number one goal all right now. So I get to Central and once once I made um once I made all conference my first year, that was uh I made second team all conference my first year, you know what I'm saying, coming out of coming out of Towson. That was my first year ever starting. Once I did that, it kind of that was like a spark of hope for football that I had again. Cause my mindset coming back was just, you know, football is cool and all, but after everything I went through, let me let me just lower my expectation a little bit just so I could be grounded. You know what I'm saying? Like if the NFL doesn't work out, like it's okay. My mom's not going to be disappointed. I'll be okay. Like I, I <clears throat> going through that experience, I learned that football, football is something that I do. It's not who I am. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm more than just a football player. You know what I'm saying? Like I can like, you know what I'm saying? I can do a lot more things in this world than just football. You know what I'm saying? So my first year at, uh, at, at Central and let me, let me take it back a little bit. So I get there in, in the summer, in the summertime, um, you know, once they, once they bring me to the school and everything, and we have football camp, so I have to learn a whole new playbook. And my mindset is, all right, I'm coming from Towson University. I played as a freshman. I played as a sophomore. I, <clears throat> I know I'm good enough to start on this team. So coming in was a different mindset. Was I, I was coming in here to to start and you know have a legit chance at um at you know being a starter on that team. So when I got that playbook, boy, did I get in, did I get in my playbook? <laughs> I I was not playing at all. I got in my playbook. I got in my film, and literally, I remember after the first after week one install, of the first week's install, uh, the coach uh, Ronda Gravio, he was the defensive coordinator, and he was also my uh, linebacker position coach. He literally quizzed me on literally everything because I played the the backer, which is the weak side uh, linebacker. And he basically just quizzed me on my drops, my gas fits, you know, saying what do you have on on this, on this, on this um play call, where do you drop, where do you fit, da da da. And every time every time I asked me, oh, uh this I have the A gap, oh this uh curl to flat, oh this one, I have curl because the safety is coming down to um to play the flats. So I was literally just answering everything. And he was to the point where he was like, he was like, dude, 
I've been here, I forgot how long he said, but he said, in my years of being here, he said, you literally picked up this defense. Um, wait, like he said, the, the amount of information that you know right now, it took guys about a year and a half to understand. And you literally was able to pick that up in a week. And that was just a testament to me and my mentality because I remember my freshman year, um, Coach Rob Ambrose, he told me, he said, your biggest weakness right now is your football IQ. So when I transferred, I had to turn a new leaf. I had to make sure my football IQ was the number one thing that I, you know what I'm saying, I'm, I made a priority was to understand that playbook and understand everything that I was doing so the game could slow down for me. So once he said that, I was like, all right, bet, I'm, I'm on the right track. So you know, I ended up finishing camp. And um, by week one, I was a, I was a starter. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, and your your journey is so incredible. It's 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 a testament to hard work, perseverance, and oh yeah, <laughs> the show's still going. You know, we talked about you're a 2023 NFL draft prospect, and folks who have listened to our show normally we throw millions of questions about what separates you from other guys, but you know we know what separates you from other guys and it's the journey. It's what you've been through. So, you know, folks, folks have learned so much about you as a person, what you've been through, why you do what you do. So as far as the 2023 prospect goes, I really just got one question for you, man, because really, you know, the journey speaks for itself and it, it tells the story, but you know, the goal is that one of these 32 NFL teams takes a shot on you, man. So with that being said, why should one of these 32 NFL teams bring you in? Um, see, my motto is the, the best is yet to come. And I say that because I just always I have a I have a mindset where it's literally me versus me. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, I try not to I say comparison is a thief of joy. So I try not to compare myself to a linebacker at Alabama or um a linebacker at Georgia or you know, say I literally just compare my journey to Look at where you were freshman year, or look where you were last year, and look at look at how the the strides you the strides you've made to improve, not just as a football player, but like as a person in general. You know what I'm saying? So football wise, I came as a freshman, knew nothing about linebacker. Now my senior year, I was a all conference linebacker first team. I made all New England. Um, I led the NEC in tackles, and I made so much instinctual plays to where like the game was literally slowing down for me. And I was like, I just saw myself improving and it was just, the game was fun for me. And I'm like, dude, I still have ways to go. Like that was not the best. That's not the best version of me yet. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, imagine when I do get to that next level and I am getting coached by NFL caliber coaches and I'm surrounded by NFL caliber players. I don't shy away from competition. Like I'm just going to work my butt off and and keep on improving and keep on trying to get better at the game of football because honestly that's what it's all about like I'm a very coachable player you know what I'm saying like I just love I just love seeing myself improve in 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 the game of football and I just feel like I haven't I haven't reached my fullest potential you know so as good as a year I had this year I just have not reached my my um my full potential so the NFL, um, the NFL scouts, a guy like me, you're going to get a hard worker, somebody who literally does not give up. And you can ask my strength and conditioning coach at Towson, you can ask my strength and conditioning coach at Central Connecticut. Like, when it comes to wind sprints, dude, I would run till I throw up, <laughs> try and get back up and keep on pushing. Like, you literally <laughs> damn near have to kind of drag me off on the stretcher. Like, I, I ran track in high school, so I know what it's like to go through pain to, um, to, to reach success. When I joined the track team um, my junior year, 
I was I was not top five on the team. I was I was average speed, but by senior year, I was top two on the team. And we went our four by one team went to was number three in the state of New York. You know what I'm saying? So my first time running a forty, uh, like junior year, I ran a four nine. Senior year, <clears throat> senior year hand time, I ran a four four because I ran track. So it's like the more I realized, the more work I put in, the more it pays off. And I kid you not, I was coming off of, I was coming off a of knee surgery back in February. This past February, I had I had a, a right knee arthroscopy um, surgery in my knee. And when I said like I was like this is my last year, once I started feeling better, I literally worked my butt off this whole summer, motivated my teammates. And you know, you say you had Aaron Dawson. Now he wasn't he wasn't here um, this past year uh, in in the summer, in the summer to, for, for our workouts. He ended up transferring, but. You know, even even in the first year that we were together, you know, I I earned his his respects. And this past year, I worked my my butt off so hard to the point where, like, this past season, I was cap I was captain I was captain on the team. I was one of the three captains, and I was the only captain on the defense. And that was just a testament to my hard work. And I appreciate my teammates for recognizing that. You know what I'm saying? Because that's a big honor. Like that's that's a big honor on its own for for you to be voted captain of a, of a division one collegiate, collegiate collegiate football team. Like that was probably like, that was a bigger honor than any accolade I could, I could have gotten. The fact that my teammates and coaches respected me enough to give me that title, that that was a huge blessing. So it's just, I always try to stay humble and I just always just keep working hard. Like that's just the name of the game. You know what I'm saying? Through all the adversity that's taught me is just like, dude, you're always going to come back harder. You know what I'm saying? The bigger the adversity, then the more I overcome, the harder I come back, and the more I'm able, I'm able to achieve. You know, and on this show, we love to give advice to high schoolers, and normally we make it football-related and recruiting-related, but your story, like I said, is truly a special one, and it's a testament to perseverance. So I want to ask you to give a little bit of a different piece of advice, and that is, you know, there's a lot of high school athletes who are, you know, they go through things, and maybe they don't know how to deal with them, and, you know, a lot of high school guys are like, I'm too tough to deal with this. I can't deal with this. So if you could talk to a high school guy who's maybe struggling and maybe doesn't want to seek out help and just thinks, well, if I just lift more weights or if I play more football, it'll go away. What what piece of advice would you give that kid about just understanding that it's okay to not be okay and just how to seek support? You, you literally said it. As you were saying everything, the first thing that came up in my head is it's okay to not be okay. Like that should be a trademark, but it, it's so true because it's it's okay to not be okay. And I feel like us as football players, um, especially in high school, you're taught mental toughness. You know what I'm saying? That's and that's <clears throat> that's how I grew up from when I ran track to to when I played football. All my coaches, you know what I'm saying? They just always I learned mental toughness at a young age. And mental toughness, it comes from I would say you have to go through, you have to overcome adversity adversity builds mental toughness so when you're going through things you know what i'm saying obviously everybody has a way of of um coping with adversity but it's it's okay to kind of just sit back and say hey i'm not okay you know what i'm saying this you have to be able to address your problems because if you keep pushing them back eventually they're gonna kind of implode on you in a way that you never even expected you know what i'm saying so i my advice will always be to seek out because after after what I went through and seeing myself at such a low state, I made a promise to myself, like, I never want to see myself at that low state again. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, whenever I notice these signs, I make it a 
the priority to step back and seek help. You know what I'm saying? Talk about how I feel. And some people, to some people, um, talking about your feelings feels like something you rehearsed. You know what I'm saying? But that's 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 not the case. You know what I'm saying? Like there's people who genuinely, you know, whether it be your mom, um, your coach, you know what I'm saying, your best friend, like you, you, it's okay. Like when you, when you talk things out, it literally feels like the weight of the world's lifted off your shoulders. So it's okay to talk about how you feel. Like there's, there's a difference between Chiz, the, the, Chiz, the human being and, and Chiz, the football player, you know what I'm saying? Once you get on that field and I've, I've always been able to flip that switch. Once you get on the field, you turn to a different person. And I noticed some people who they don't know how to flip that switch. They kind of take that persona on the football field and think that's how they have to go around school, treat their teachers. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm this big, tough guy. Da, da, da. I'm like, that, you know, that's cool and all, you know, to hold up this persona. But you have to know when to flip that switch from when you're on the field and when you're off the field. So to to the, to, to the guys in high school, it's, it, it's okay to not be okay. And I definitely do advise to, you know what I'm saying, talk talk about how you feel when you're going through stuff, you know what I'm saying? And, you know what I'm saying? Be, be very understanding that mental health is real and you don't know when it's, you know, when it's going to happen to you, but it, it, it's a real thing, you know what I'm saying? And it's a, it's a constant battle and it's not just something that just, you know, happened one time and that's it. You know what I'm saying? Like there's stuff that builds up that leads to it. So once you start noticing the signs, especially if, you know, you notice yourself kind of just lacking motivation or, kind of changing your good habits and you're falling for, you know, say not so good habits, those are kind of telltale signs that, hey, you know what I'm saying? Maybe something might be wrong here that I'm not noticing. So it's always good to take some time. Take some time to yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's okay. Nobody's going to fault you for taking time to yourself, especially in this day and age where a lot of people are now aware of mental health and what's going on in, in society. You know what I'm saying? Just take take time to yourself and, you know, always have uh, check-ins with yourself to make sure you're okay. And also, one thing and one thing I did this past year that really helped me have a successful season was I literally wrote down all my goals. I wrote down all my goals on a piece of paper and I wrote down positive affirmations. Like trust, like and I kid you not, it, it to the point where it scared me. Like all those accolades I had won, like Buck the Buck Buchanan, watch list, defensive player of the year, uh first team all conference. I literally wrote all these goals down and every every morning for summer workouts, I'll read my goals out and I would say a positive affirmation, you know what I'm saying, to to start my day off to 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 put myself in a state of mind, a state of focus, like this is what I'm achieving, this is why I'm trying to achieve it. And then I start my day. So I definitely do recommend writing down your goals and writing down positive affirmations because that's a great way to, you know what I'm saying, to help build your self-esteem. Chiz, I've had such an honor and privilege and just an absolute blast having you on today, man. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. This has probably been the best interview I've probably had, like, ever. Uh, I had such a great time. Thank you, man. Yeah, man, you are totally welcome. It has, it's been – the pleasure's been mine, man. And, folks, that's Chiz Umanakwe, linebacker from Central Connecticut State, 2023 NFL draft prospect. But that's all we got for you guys this time. Like I always tell you guys, rate, subscribe, and review to the podcast. But until next time, we'll see you guys later. Have a good one. 